It's time for Dodger Hi everyone and welcome to the Dodging Sleep Podcast. My name is Ian Carlson and we're recording this on the 4th of July. Wherever and whenever you're listening, I hope you're having a very pleasant day. Uh, on this day in history, back in 2006, Nomar Garcia Para tied the major league record for being hit by a pitch in a game three times as the Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 10-4. Funny, given the results and the, the game against the Nationals today, how little things change. The Diamondbacks are still losing and the Dodgers are still being hit by pitches. Um, joining me today at the moment, we've got Ian Blees. Uh, how are you doing, Ian? I am excellent. Thank you, Ian. Great to be back on again. You had a good week? I've had a busy week, yeah. Running a pub during the Euros. So uh, I put on my Twitter earlier on today that uh, I think I've covered more ground than N'Galo Kante this week. Uh, so <laughs> it's, been a, it's, been a bit, it's been a busy one. But, uh, you know, the end's in sight. Um, I may not be available for the recording at this time next Sunday um, should the result go the way that football fans in this country want it to go on Wednesday. Well, let's hope none of us can make it then. Um, they, well, there should hopefully be a third voice later on tonight. Adam Legg should be joining us a little bit later. Um, so we'll say hi to Adam as and when he joins. Um, but we're going to start, as usual, with uh, a bit of a chat about last week. Since we last uh, podded, Dodgers completed the series against the Cubs with the 3-1 win. They then swept the Giants 2-0 and literally about 15 minutes ago completed a 4-0 sweep of the Nationals, which I think I'm right in saying is the first time the Nationals, uh, the Dodgers have swept the Nationals in a four-game series. Um, both of us on the pod last week predicted, I think the Dodgers would probably lose one game, so we got it wrong, but in the in the right way, if you see what I mean. Um, what were your thoughts and highlights on the week, Ian? I mean, uh, it, what a contrast to the way we were talking about this last week, where we'd had entirely doom and gloom, and then I think we had... A couple of a couple of wins right before we recorded last week, uh, which were the start of uh, of the run we've been on, and now we've we're on. But now we've won nine in a row. Um, we are rolling right now. Um, highlights of the week: uh, Muncy's grand slam was was pretty fantastic. Um, I was, he it looked like he was he was at the he was at, I think he was in the last inning tonight. Uh, he was he was at the plate with bases loaded. Uh, and I thought, oh, here we go again. And he hit the ball deep to, to centre field. And somehow, former gold glover Gerardo Parra uh, made an absolute cock up of it, to use the most British terminology that I can, that I possibly can. Uh, that, that, that is a ball that, that you'd expect him or really any major league um, centre fielder to, to make a play on. Um, but he doesn't. He doesn't get close to it. He runs into the wall. Uh, and two runs come into two runs come into score. Uh, so that was just for a second off the bat. I thought Monty might have done it again, but that was still a, a big a big highlight. Um, the nine run seventh inning was another highlight. So we basically had to wait out Max Scherzer, who is pitching brilliantly again this season. Uh, and uh, once we'd managed to get his pitch count to a point where he could no longer continue. We 
exploded in the seventh inning um, with, uh, I can't try to remember everyone, uh, Pollock got a home run, uh, I think Turner, Betts, uh, probably Muncie again, Taylor. Uh, I feel like, you know, they, they, they just all, they all delivered right at that point in time. So that was, a, that was another great inning. Um, pretty sure Kershaw, uh, Kershaw struck out, was his, that his, might have been last week. Um, but yeah, Kershaw struck out 13 at one point. Arias had a career high of 12. Um, so it, there's been, there's been a lot to be, to be happy about. Uh, one of the highlights of the week for me has been, a 4 p.m. game this afternoon uh, that uh, that we've just watched. Uh, and not only that, but the boys, despite the fact that they didn't finish until I don't know what time this morning, but fairly, fairly I think it was about 5 a.m. our time. Um, but they managed to come back and record another win. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, there's something about watching baseball, even though I'm, I'm not an American myself, there's something about watching baseball on Independence Day as well. So I suppose we should say, actually, that we are recording this on uh, on July the 4th and happy uh, Independence Day to any of our uh, American listeners. Uh, and, and and happy treason day to all of our British listeners. Um, I think from, I think I, I think you I think you've you've summed it up really well. Um, I think um, the things I would add, I, it's quite nice having effectively uh, sort of two bullpen games back to back because obviously there was the rain delay that forced Kershaw out early, which wouldn't have been ideal. They could have done with done with him going deep before today's bullpen game. So to get effectively two bullpen games back to back and do well, um, especially against the national side that up until very recently had been on a bit of a resurgence, so that that was good. Um, Clearly, sweeping the Giants is always nice, and 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 I think also I'm right in saying in terms of the, the end of the series against the Cubs. Since we got no hit by the Cubs, we've won every game and they've lost every game. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm not that necessarily advocating we regularly have get get no hit if it's there's this kind of uh, upturning performance. But certainly, you're right in saying I think some last week there was a little bit of doom and gloom, and it's it's come on strong since then. And in, in fact, I saw something on on Twitter a couple of days ago or a day or so ago that said. Um, in 2018, halfway, so 82 games into the season, uh, the Dodgers were 43 and 39. And this year, 82 games into the season were 51 and 31, despite injuries to a National League MVP, a World Series MVP, and Tommy John surgery to one of our up-and-coming young pitchers in, in Justin May. So um, I guess it's because we've got used to... Um, doing extremely well and our expectations are that this team will do extremely well it, it's, it's amazing how you start to recalibrate as what success or, or otherwise looks like but but certainly it's um it's been a a, a really a, a successful first half of the season and uh, we'll come on to the preview of the next week's games but but hopefully that strong start is going to going to continue I completely agree. Um, I think um, I, I, just to just to finish on that, I, I completely agree. All the injuries that we've had, Bellinger's still not firing on all cylinders by any stretch. I, mm. He had a couple of at bats today where he just didn't uh, just didn't seem particularly with it. Um, uh, we've not really. I, I think we've had Muncie, Muncie, Seager, and Bellinger in the lineup. Uh, is it three times right at the very start of the season, possibly four? Um, so to be where we are uh, with 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 all of those and today especially we've had uh, or in the last few days we've had some players who've been in for a bit of a rough ride recently starting to break out a little bit uh bt got a home run today um uh two holes have been playing well, very well, well yeah 
Uh-huh. He, well, he got his home. He got his home run, but did have to go back to get first base, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I think that's obviously something that they've uh, mentioned because there was there was there was something a few weeks ago, wasn't there, where a home run wasn't given? I, th- I think was it was somebody from the Phillies missed missed the first base, but I, I've seen Beatty's wife tweeting since he, since then saying um, he's going to have some explaining to do or something as to what was going on there when he gets home. So um, good to see him yeah, getting a bit it. of stick for that. Yeah, absolutely. And then we see um, uh, uh, Tony Gonsolin running the bases today. That was that was enjoyable. Uh, pretty sure he scored from first as well. You know, uh, not not what you'd really expect, but apparently it was something he did regularly in college. So that was mentioned on the commentary. But yeah, I think it's been great, and and obviously the continued resurgence of uh, Kenley Johnson, who at times has definitely. Uh, I think he's had two wobbly openings to his to to his to his closing, um, but I explained this away on on Twitter as basically he just opens the door a little bit further so he can slam it shut with more with more power. Um, <laughs> but what I what I've really liked about seeing that is that the Dodgers pitching staff they now know what he's doing wrong. So when he's coming in and he's not quite looking a hundred percent. They can go out, they can talk to him, and they can fix it. Um, and generally speaking, it's the speed of of his uh, of his pre pitch action, um, and he just sometimes needs to be told. You know, if his adrenaline's up a little high, he just needs to be told to slow it down. I mean, he was mm. he was ninety seven on the gun today. No save today because the lead was five one, um, but the only other pitcher available was Edwin Usetta, who was only very recently recalled and. I, I think we were both a little twitchy as to whether they would roll the dice on 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 resting Kenley and keeping him for another day, or whether they would bring in uh, Usetta, given a few of his more recent outings not being not being wonderful. And they decided to stick with Kenley, and once again, he's uh, you know he's he's done a job even when there's not a save uh, to, to be yeah, honest. and I. I think, and I think that's the right call. You know, the team's on a roll, putting together a good streak, you know, catching up or caught up, depending on how tonight's other results go, caught up with the Giants. I think I think that ordinarily I'd be in favour of letting a, a, a new pitcher have a go when you've got a lead by that, like that. But I think where the, where the team is right now, just let's just get the win and move on. I think it's the right way to go. And hopefully we've got a few easier games coming up over the next week where he'll get a chance to uh, to play in slightly more relaxed circumstances. Um, one of the things we should just probably mention, but we're not going to go over the top on it for hopefully fairly obvious reasons. Um, it was a, a bullpen game today because the original planned starter, Trevor Bauer, clearly wasn't playing. Um we're not going to get into all of that, but but I think it, I think we would probably both agree it's absolutely right that he's not playing and that he's 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 out while it all gets investigated and and then we wait and see what happens. Clearly, there's the process that the MLB will follow and there's a legal process as well, and both of those need to play out. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not familiar on um, the MLB disciplinary rules. I'm not familiar with uh, American law in general, HR law in general. Um, but generally speaking, these days, if you have an employee who breaches a policy and it is deemed serious enough that they could lose their job over it, then standard procedure is that they are suspended with pay. Um, interestingly, that's not the term that they've used. They have used uh, placed on administrative leave. Um, and I guess we'll find out more on this over the next coming days. Indeed. Yeah. 
Um, so to stick with pitching, though, moving on and a, and a subject that we've talked about before, but uh, and we're not going to go into all the details on the stats and everything, because we've done that over the last couple of weeks around spin rates and sticky stuff and all the rest of it. But since we last podded, um, the Mariners pitcher Hector Santiago has become the first player to be ejected under the new foreign, stu- foreign substance violation rules. Um, as we record, he's due to appeal in the next few days, so he's appealing later this week against that. Um, I just wondered, I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting sort of precedent that the, that the MLB set. What would your views be if, if we, let, let's just assume he loses his appeal and he, and he is found guilty of having something. What Would you expect them to go in overly harsh on him to set an example and try and deter others? Or do you think because it's the first one, they might be a little bit more... Uh, soft and um, and sort of softly, softly approach with it. The the only thing I can predict is how unpredictable MLB are. Um, <laughs> you know, we I, I'm not going to reopen the whole trash can uh, situation again, but we've seen sledgehammers to crack nuts in the past, and at the same time, we've seen uh, bigger uh, crimes, um, breaches uh, go relatively. Uh, unpunished uh, so I honestly don't know which way they're going to go um, I'd be interested I don't know the details of his of his appeal I mean it would seem quite conclusive um, that, that, that there is a variety of sticky stuff that is that is legal in MLB um, so you are you obviously you're allowed to use Pinter and I don't know whether you whether you noticed earlier in the week during Julio Arias's uh, uh, outing that he actually started wearing gloves, batting gloves, when he was batting, and he's never done that before. Uh, and that is because I think he is afraid of getting pine tar on his hands and Oops, yes. not being able to get it all off before he goes out and pitches in the next inning, uh, which is which is entirely possible. Pine tar is sticky, you know. Mm. Uh, I. I've, I've used it for years and I, I you know, I have a, I have, I, I, when I'm playing first base, I wear quite a big glove. So I wear a batting glove underneath it and I have to have a different batting glove that I wear underneath my, my fielding glove compared to the batting gloves that I hit with purely because of how sticky and disgusting my left-handed, um, my, my left-handed batting glove becomes. So I can totally understand where he's coming from. And I can totally understand that even if he was to rush off and wash his hands down and, all that kind of stuff that a small amount could be left on his hand. So again, with the particular Santiago situation, I don't know what substance it is that he's accused, but if there's, if there is, if there is a, a substance on his person while he's pitching it, then it would seem quite clear that he's breached the guidelines that have been put out. I would imagine he will probably get, something like a 10 or 15 uh, day uh, ban miss a couple of miss a couple of uh, um, you know miss a couple of weeks and then and then he'll be back pitching again that's what I, I think that that they're likely to do but I couldn't say with any with any certainty uh, I couldn't predict anything yeah I mean I could I could uh, you're right they're completely unpredictable I I can see them 
going over the top, which I wouldn't agree with. I can I'm say that for two reasons. One, because of the team he plays for. So, you know, he plays for Miami. They're out of contention. If they, if they, if they ban him for an extended period, you know, it's not like he's, they're doing it for a team that's, that's chasing a division or indeed for a team that's, shall we say, a marquee name like the Yankees or the Dodgers. Um, so I can see them maybe pushing a bit harder on that. And also just the, the, the closest thing I can, I mean, I said earlier, I'm not going to go over the top on stats, but, but apparently up until the 3rd of June when the new rules came in, the league-wide batting average was lower than at any point since 1968 when the mound was lowered, which is pretty radical in, its, in itself. And therefore, if you want to try and get the batting averages up and the last time the radical step was to lower the mound, maybe if, if you put it in that same sort of context, they will go hard on him because they want to get the, the, the batting averages up. They want this, I guess they see the entertainment more in a 10-8 game with lots of hits and home runs than they do in a 1-0 in a sort of pitching duel. So um, I can see them going over the top. I don't think they should. Um, but, but yeah, I think see how it plays out. And no doubt something that we will um, return to in later, in later pods. As it, and and, and yeah, well, I'd like to think we won't. I'd like to think it all disappeared, but I suspect it will stick around for a while, if you'll exclude, excuse the pun. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to another sort of pitching-related story in a minute, but I'm just going to pause and, and, and welcome to the pod, Adam. Adam, you've been away for the last couple of weeks. Hope, you, hope you're well. You had a, had a good week? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm struggling a bit from yesterday, but I'm, I'm doing all right. Excellent, excellent. Well, good to have you with us. Um, continuing with the, uh, as I say, the sort of conversation about about pitching, but this is with a slightly different take. And this is, as regular listeners will know, we often touch on unwritten rules on this podcast. And I'm going to propose or possibly propose, uh, introduce my own one, um, which is, should teams play properly to the end of the game? And the reason that I've brought this, one up is as some of you would have seen the the various videos kicking around of Brett Phillips making his pitching debut for the Rays the other night. So to give it some context, um, he came in at the uh, middle of the eighth. So, for, so to pitch the bottom of the eighth with the team down with the Rays down ten one at the time, um, he did various sort of uh, eccentric, shall we say, sort of warm up. Uh, manoeuvres in the bullpen before then he raced possibly sprinted to the mound once the gate was over over open and um, I'm not quite sure how many major league pitches he was trying to impersonate on the mound at various points but it was um, it was it was fun to watch in a sense in terms of it was entertainment but um, they were only down 10-1 10-1 is a lot but um, the biggest comeback in MLB is 12 runs, which has happened three times. And indeed, it wasn't that long ago, 2016. In fact, that the, the Royals were down 7-1 at the bottom of the ninth against the White Sox and managed to win 8-7. So, so my, my yeah, possible unwritten rules, should a team play properly to the end? I don't, I don't mind a, um, a team if they are losing resting pitches um, and putting in sort of out, outfield players to, to pitch the final innings. It's whether they should actually be just trying to get through those innings as quickly as possible rather than uh, pratting around on the mound, for want of a better phrase. Um, Ian, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know you, you, you mentioned there about how the, the, the biggest comeback in MLB history is, is 12 runs. Those kind of things don't happen very often. And what you tend to end up with is a, a rather uneventful final few innings where 
certain unwritten rules of baseball kick in where teams aren't stealing and they aren't trying to show up the opponents and that kind of thing. Um, and more often than not, the team that is down in this day and age will put in a position player to pitch. Some of them take it more seriously than others. Um, you know, we had uh, Russell Martin a couple of years ago who was uh, at the lowest ERA, I think, two innings pitched, no, no runs conceded. Um, and you get some others who are, who are fairly handy, uh, you know, in that regard as, as an emergency pitcher, as an emergency pitcher. And actually, I think if you, if you watch the Brett Phillips thing in full, uh, although 90% of it was tomfoolery, if you want for, uh, for, for, uh, for one term, um, he threw a 94 mile an hour pitch in amongst, all, in amongst all the nonsense, which gives you the idea that he'd actually be, you know, fairly handy if he, if he, if he wanted to, if he wanted to, to take it seriously. Um, I think at that point in a game, it becomes dull for everybody. Uh, and I think, uh, Brett Phillips is a character. They they didn't put him in to take it seriously. They put him in to entertain, uh, and that is what he came out and did. Uh, I loved all of his um, eccentric warm up routines that he was doing in the bullpen. I loved uh, him uh, standing, waiting to come out like a caged animal, and 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 pointing that he was ready to come in, and they better be ready. Uh, and then I loved him. I loved him sprinting to the mound. Uh, you know, some of the pitching, uh, what, 40, 48 miles an hour, I think some of it was clocked at. Uh, so, you know, it, it's not really what you go for. Um, it was interesting because obviously he came up against some some decent hitters from what I remember, although I can't remember which ones. Um, and they were they were all chasing pitches and, you know, because they, they didn't want to get a walk off him. They wanted to they wanted to, to take a swing and to enjoy. And so actually, I think rather than boost their stats, I think that they, they really wanted to join in the entertainment of the crowd. You know, going to a baseball game isn't the most affordable experience in the world. And I kind of think that, they, that everyone wants to get on board with it. So I am relatively relaxed in a, about, about, this kind of, about this kind of thing. Adam, what are your thoughts? Did you, did yeah. you, manage, did you see the video? I've, I've seen the video and uh, I loved it. I think, I think especially in a in a blowout, I think make it entertaining because sometimes blowouts aren't that fun, especially if you're the losing side as well. And having someone come out, having a bit of a laugh with it, I think you, you can sort of you can sort of live with it because I mean, no one, I mean baseball, you're gonna lose games, so I think I think it's fine. I think if you blow out game and you're losing, go out there have a bit of fun with it, make it entertaining for people. Otherwise. This is a bit of a drag, isn't it? One thing we were, uh, Ian and I were talking about just before we started recording when we were sort of going through the the, the, the agenda for today, and I did say, you know, should a, a losing manager have the option if you're down by, let's say, 10 runs or more heading into the ninth, bottom of the eighth, whatever, rather than go through the, 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 the sort of the games of having a position player come on a pitch, should they be able to just simply forfeit the game at that point and everybody go home? I, I appreciate the point Ian made about it's expensive to go to a game and having a bit of entertainment might be a better answer than just sort of everybody heading off home earlier. But um, I don't know. I don't I think I think potentially that could be an option. I mean... The amount of football games I've been to where a team's been like 5-0 up and then they play an unnecessary six minutes of injury time. It's, sometimes you don't need to do it, just 
at 90 minutes, just call it call it yeah. a game. And I think in the 10-run game, in the ninth inning, I think you can probably call a game you, unless something magical happens. But it, like you said earlier, it doesn't happen very often, does it? Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I, I always sort of hark back to my own experiences and my own experiences are, are, are way, 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 8,000 levels below um, Major League, that of Major League Baseball. But um, playing for the Trojans in, I think, 2016 or 17, um, and we came back and scored 16 runs to win a game in the bottom of the last. Um, you know, uh, it, obviously the the level of, pitching and, and 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 all that kind of stuff is, is entirely different um but you know we we played till the end and it's interesting because we didn't we, we played till the end the team ahead of us if you like did not um we we'd put in a we put in a rookie uh, a rookie pitcher um who had conceded something like 12 12 runs in that in that inning um and they got to a point where their lead was so big that they stopped running on pass balls. They stopped taking the they stopped taking the uh, the, st- the stolen bases available, and and the, you know they just they just stood. And realistically, they probably could have had another three or maybe four runs in uh, as a lead. And they, in the spirit of the game, they chose not to take it. And then we came out in the bottom, uh, in the bottom of the last. And I, and I don't care the level; they shouldn't have let us come back the way we the way we the way we did. Um, they they ran out of pitching. They made a couple of errors, but more but more often than not, it was really just you know we just we just hit and the ball and the and the ball found the gap. So these so these things do happen. So I get the point about playing to the end. Um, I think I think personally that the way that a lot of things are, are abused in Major League Baseball, things like the the COVID IL um, this year, where you're getting people sent down for it for for a day or two due to COVID-related reasons. Now, I think at the start of the year, this is mainly to do with vaccinations and the side effects. Mm. Um, but lots of teams play fast and loose with, uh, with, the, with the 10-day uh, IL and, uh, and that kind of thing. And I think, um, I just kind of think that the forfeit thing might be, might be abused. Uh, I think sometimes a stat, you know, a stat man might say, right, the stats suggest that we should forfeit this game. And they might only be four down. But mm. the stats suggest they won't come back from it, but they want to save their they want to save their closer so he's fresh for the next yeah. day. Or, you know, save their you know, save their mm. pitching so they've got more for the next day. And I just kind of think it would end up being a, a saturated experience for the fans. That that's that's my that's my thoughts on a well, forfeit. Well uh, yeah, yeah. And you could I mean you'd have to set the the, the the parameters so that you were, you know, ten runs or something. But but I think the, the the great thing about that would be how long before there's a pitcher on a no hitter and he's through seven or eight and then the opposing manager forfeits the game and then having as we as the precedent's already been set earlier this year if you've not completed the full nine it's not a no hitter i mean imagine how that would kick off but um anyway fun to speculate um while while we're talking about entertainment i think i think we would probably all agree one of the big entertainers on the dodgers team right now is joe kelly um, who managed to pull it off yet again this week when the Dodgers finally got to the White House to uh, to celebrate the World Series win. Um, and he wasn't the only one who had um, possibly, uh, you know, rooted through the, the wardrobe to found, find the, the most out, outrageous thing he could. But some, there were some, some pretty... I don't know where he got uh, that pretty, from. 
pretty sharp dressing. Sorry. Did you, did you not? Know, did you not see where he got that from? Oh so, yeah, no, no. He traded, he traded, his, traded his jersey. Yeah, no, I saw that yeah. a few days ago. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> but um, but no, it was great to see this, see the guys there and getting all the photos done and everything. Um, any any thoughts, Adam, on the on the White House visit? Uh, I loved it. Um, I thought it was great. I thought Kenny looked incredible. I thought Mookie looked incredible. Uh, I was a big fan of President Kershaw as well when he was behind the the lectern. <laughs> I mean, he's a president I could get behind. He did look like the sensible kind of older brother who the parents have said, you've got to put a tie on and dress smartly. Nobody else does, but you are going to have to dress up smart for the, uh, for the, for, for the speech at the podium. Um, Ian, what about, what were your thoughts? Oh, yeah, it was great. I thought um, Joe Kelly obviously got all the attention. Um, uh, Adam's mentioned there, Mookie looked, he looked sharp as well. You know, I mean, they all did, they all make an effort. They, I think it's really interesting because obviously a few years ago, it would have been, you must turn up in a suit and you must look, must be clean shaven and you must be prim and proper. And I think, um, I think I'm right in saying that Justin Turner had a bit of a trim and, and uh, tidied his beard up. Um, but for the, but for the most part, you know, people are, people are there just wearing shoes and no socks as is the fashion these days that i don't understand because i'm clearly almost 40 years old because get, you're getting old things. as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is it I'm gonna, um one of my one of my neighbors had a party the other night and i was like oh the noise um so <laughs> um yeah no I, I, but it was as, as a spectacle i thought it was i thought it was fantastic and um i'm pretty sure that i'm right in saying that joe biden is a giants fan uh, which makes it even even more uh, even more special. He had to entertain the uh, the Dodgers for, uh, uh, for for an evening. But yeah, I loved I loved the whole thing, and, and then followed by the the series in the series in Washington and and the whole Fourth of July thing. It's 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 great. They do know how to do a spectacle. We'll we'll we'll, we'll give them that. We'll give them that. Um. So that brings us as we race through the agenda. Um, predictions for the week ahead. So we have got four games at the Marlins with or without Brett Phillips pitching. Um, they're currently 35 and 46 and last place in the NL East and their last 10 have been four and six. And then we have the first two of three against the Diamondbacks who, uh, well, I'm not going to give you their current record, but we all know that um, it's not that great. Um, Adam, You've not you've not done predictions for a while. Do you want to lead off? So we got the four games against the Marlins, two against the Diamondbacks, um, six games to uh, to predict. I mean, on the run we're on, I could see us winning every single one of them games. Uh, but we will definitely lose one, and it will probably be the one against the Marlins, which is a, like a, a nice, acceptable viewing time. The one on Thursday, hundred <laughs> percent, will be the game we lose. Yeah, Ian, how about you? What do you think? We're winning everything. We're not going to lose again this season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, so I, I do think that we'll... Um, I do. I think we're going to win three out of four in Miami uh, and I think we'll win both against the, the Diamondbacks. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with five and five and one. I think that adds up right. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's Miami have got some have got some good pitching actually, um, but our bats do seem to be starting to 
to to click now and and starting to starting to rally the the bullpen the last few weeks uh well last few days even you know mm. um basically nine innings from the bullpen today uh five for yesterday and they've given up one run because all all the runs yesterday were given up by Kershaw on on one hit well uh, I think he gave up three hits but um but it was it was one mm. hit where all yeah. the RBIs came in and um I just, I just think we're rolling right now, and I think uh, if if everyone if everyone stays fit, uh, and I, I'm probably going to keep saying this every single week until it starts happening, when Bellinger starts to heat up, uh, I just think we're just going to get better as a team, and we're only going to get better as uh, as, as then uh, Seager comes back into the lineup. Although Gavin Lux has been making some plays at shortstop, you know, I mean he's not been hitting to a Seager level, but he's playing some elite level defense there at the moment. So, uh, so, you know, we'll miss that dynamic um, uh, when, when Seager comes back, but yeah, it, I, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with that um, five and one for the week. Yeah. I would have, I would have gone a six and O sweep, despite the fact that obviously the more games you've had in a, more wins you've had on the on, on the bounce, the harder it is to maintain the run. And after the run we've had, you, uh, there's got to be a loss at some point. The reason I'm slightly hesitant against, against going 6-0 is just because I don't know who's going to step in and do the pitching. We already seem to have got into a bit of a uh, the need for a bullpen game every now, a bit more frequently than I remember, even with, with, with Bauer in the rotation. And with him out now, I'm just... Gonsolin doesn't appear to have been stretched enough to 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 be a full-on sort of starter going in six or seven games. Um, Price, they're not going to be able to stretch him to do that either, I don't think. So it's just, are we going to end up effectively with two bullpen games in a five and then all you need is one of your mainstream starters to not go deep? And, and, wild and then prediction. Go for it. Kent and is coming back. Well, I, I, I called that last week. You when did. We talked about you trades. Did. We talked about trades. We did. both said he's not. We both said he's having a poor season, so we might not want to touch him. But um, yeah, but yeah, um, I, I just think I just think he, he is having a horrible time um, uh, over there. I think he's relatively affordable, and I think if Bauer doesn't if Bauer doesn't come back, um, then I think that they will have to make a move, and he is probably the best available, um, unless the Nationals continue to. Uh, stumble and uh, stumble and fall, um, but I think he's probably the best available. And we know he can. We know he can pitch in LA. So uh, well, it's an interesting point about the Nationals because after you know, they have a they have a rest day. Sorry, they, they, starting tomorrow they've got the Padres once, twice, three games. There was a song there, wasn't there? Four games <laughs> away at the Padres, and then they've got, I think they've got the Giants after that. So it's not inconceivable they couldn't lose the next six or seven before going into the All-Star. And then and then at that point, they might well be thinking about selling. Um, I, I I think even before Bauer went out, I, I think we, personally, I thought we needed to get another starter because we're heavily reliant on those that we have and, and we're one injury away from sort of a few head-scratching moments. So I think we needed a a starter anyway. I think that's even more likely now. So I, yeah, whether it's my idea or somebody, I can see them trading some, but for someone, but assuming they haven't done that in time to start one of the games this week, um, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go five and one. Um, I'm not going to say which one, but I think five and one. 
But um, but if we go five and one over the week, given the run we've had, you know, we're only half a game back against the Giants now. We're still well ahead of the Padres. It's not looking bad, is it? Um, and Adam, you've already uh, alluded to the fact that there is a, a UK friendly time over the coming week. There is only one, but it's Thursday, it's Thursday the 8th, uh, UK start time at 10 past five. So that's it for this week. Um, Ian, Adam, have either of you got, got anything, any final thoughts or words to add? I do uh, this week. Last week, I spoke a little bit about the legendary Vin Scully. Um, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go back to Vin Scully, but I did. But uh, his uh, one of his replacements on the mic is Joe Davis, uh, and he works incredibly closely with someone who's become one of his closest friends, um, Dodgers legend Oral Hershiser. And this week, Joe Davis and his uh, and his wife uh, welcomed a, a a son into the world, Theodore Oral Davis. Um, and I just thought that's just such a, you know, it's just, a, it just shows it's not an act that they put on. This is a genuine friendship. And, you know, I've said, I've mentioned before about how Joe's kids uh, call, uh, call Oral, Uncle Oral. Um, and I just thought that's fantastic. So firstly, just congratulations to Joe Davis, who is obviously an avid listener to this show and, and his family. Um, and, I think if it was me, I'd be incredibly honoured if one of my closest friends had chosen to uh, uh, to add my name to add my name uh, in there. So congratulations also to uh, to Oral. Good shout! Yeah, congratulations to the whole family. Adam, any any final thoughts from you? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. I think yeah. Excellent. Well, good to see you both again. And thanks to everybody for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Give us any feedback via the usual methods and. Uh, Hopefully see you all again this time next week. All the best. Thanks for listening.